Today, G7 leaders meet in Japan. A search for missing children in the Colombian jungle. Italy considers leaving China's Belt and Road Initiative. Syria's President Assad returns to the Arab League. And the US makes a $3 billion miscalculation. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 19th of May 2023. Today, leaders from around the world meet in Hiroshima, Japan, for this year's G7 summit. The G7 is an intergovernmental policy forum made up of Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK and the US, with the EU also invited as a non-enumerated member. The G7 doesn't have any power and is simply a place where leaders can meet and discuss major global issues. Obviously, this year, one of the biggest issues is the ongoing war in Ukraine. As such, it appears that the UK is imposing new sanctions on Russia in the hope that other G7 leaders will, today, agree to follow suit. As part of this, Russia diamond imports to the UK will be banned. As the Russian diamond industry was worth $4 billion in exports in 2021, the UK is hoping that this will damage Russia economically. Speaking about this new sanction, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said, I'm hopeful and confident that our partner countries will follow as they have done when we've done this previously. That will make the sanctions more effective and ensure that Russia pays a price for its illegal activity. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Regular viewers of The Daily Briefing will know that we usually like to end each episode with an uplifting story, something that was missing from yesterday's episode. We'd originally written and recorded a story about some Colombian children who survived a plane crash and two weeks in the jungle before being rescued. The story was well reported and based on the fact that Colombia's president, Gustavo Petro, had tweeted the good news. But he later expressed regret and deleted the tweet saying the information hadn't been confirmed. The story, while still ongoing, is pretty remarkable. On the 1st of May, a small plane carrying seven people crashed in the Amazon rainforest. The three adults on board, including the pilot, died in the crash, while the four children, aged 13, 9, 4 and an 11-month-old baby, all survived. The children, who come from an indigenous community, are believed to be moving through the jungle in search of help. Search and rescue teams have found evidence of the fruit the children have been eating to survive and improvised shelters from leaves and branches. Planes, helicopters, sniffer dogs and more than 100 soldiers have been involved in the ongoing search. Teams have even broadcast from helicopters a message recorded by the children's grandmother urging them to stay in one place. So that's what's happened in Colombia. Let's move and discuss what's been happening in Italy. Italy is preparing to leave China's global infrastructure program, known as the Belt and Road Initiative, four years after becoming the first and only G7 country to join it. Italy's right-wing Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney, has not taken a final decision yet. However, the general consensus is reportedly that it's a matter of when and how, not if. The decision is not an insignificant one, and it would put Maloney alongside other Western leaders like US President Joe Biden, who are concerned about China's rising influence. Maloney is at a meeting of the G7 in Japan this week, where she's likely to signal her intentions. The Belt and Road Initiative has seen China invest in infrastructure projects in 150 countries around the world. As such, supporters of the initiative in Italy have warned that pulling out would be damaging to Italian businesses and trade. 
If you want more content like this from TLDR, then make sure you check out Nebula, where each week we release a roundup of what's been happening in Westminster in our series, This Week in Parliament. Syria's president, Bashar al-Assad, has landed in Saudi Arabia to attend an Arab League summit for the first time in more than a decade, ending his regional isolation. Syria has been suspended from the bloc and Assad shunned by regional leaders since 2011 when he launched a violent crackdown on anti-government protesters. Countries like Saudi Arabia that had previously armed and supported rebel groups trying to bring down the Assad regime have in recent years pushed for Assad's rehabilitation and reintegration in the region, as it's become clear that he's here to stay. They also want to engage with the Syrian government to crack down on the drugs trade coming out of Syria and enable the return of refugees to the country. But the ending of Assad's isolation has not been welcomed by everyone. The US has condemned the move and said, we don't support normalisation with the Assad regime and we don't support our partners doing so, adding that sanctions will not be lifted. Opponents of Assad inside and outside of Syria fear that if he is rehabilitated without conditions, then the chances of a genuine political transition in Syria will be slim to none. For more on this story, we released a full video on the TLDR News Global channel a few weeks ago about the wave of diplomatic normalisation happening in the Middle East. In humiliating news for the US today, it's been reported that the Department of Defence has overestimated the value of its weapons and other military equipment that it's provided to Ukraine by a huge $3 billion. This failure came following the US's promise to send aid packages and the decision to take this from existing US stockpiles of older items in order to ship them more quickly. This led to the weapons being assigned a value other than what they deserved, because they were older. As a result, a defence official has told the Associated Press that the Pentagon is trying to figure out the exact figure of the overestimation. Once this figure has been calculated, the Department of Defence may decide to send Ukraine either more weapons or equivalent funds to make up for the overestimation. US Senator Roger Wicker, the top Republican on the Senate Armed Services Committee, said about this situation that our priority should be a Ukraine victory over Putin. Unilaterally altering military aid calculations is an attempt at deception and undermines this goal. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss some new economic policies from New Zealand. It's been reported today that the New Zealand government will scrap the $5 prescription charge from July in an attempt to tackle the cost of living crisis. Alongside this, the government has extended 20 hours of free childcare per week to two-year-olds and announced that inflation is predicted to fall over the next year. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but the briefing isn't over. That's because I sit down with Zach and discuss the UK's immigration figures in the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing, only on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. 
All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.